0: And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb and Lion Ministry. And we thank you for being part of our program today, as we have an exciting program prepared for you today, as we continue in the book of Ezekiel with a message titled Future, show and tell so we hope that you can stay tuned and those of you following us on social media hey we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well but before we continue i'm going to ask my co-host nathan jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer
1: lord jesus i thank you so much that everybody could tune in here and hear your word as we study the bible we thank you so much for your great love for each and every one of us and in these challenging days we pray for your provision and your peace and especially your joy as Christians, Lord, uh, that we know that you've got all things in control. We thank you in your precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Again, you're tuning into our Truth Will Say Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our program, Future Show and Tell. Well, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on again. Yeah,
1: brother. Good to be on in this super hot summer. You surviving okay?
0: You know, I'm surviving just well. You and I have been traveling a little bit, and we were able to experience a little bit of better weather outside of our areas. But uh, it's not too bad. I really enjoy the summers, Nathan. You know, it's okay to sweat a little bit here and there. Yeah, of course, you do live on the
1: beach in kind of a garden paradise. So, yeah, you're really suffering there, brother.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, Nathan, I truly am suffering because, you know, I can't ride my Harley as much because it's too hot out there. So somebody's got to suffer. Oh, you
1: can't can't wear those leathers out on the road.
0: (laughs) You know, I tell you, the things things that, that we complain and we suffer for here in the U.S., right, Nathan?
1: Yeah, first world problems, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, you and I will always joke around and have a lot of fun here, but no, we we are blessed in the United States of America. We also know that there's really challenging things going on. We are keeping uh, people in prayer. Uh, But Nathan, before we talk about that, uh, can you share with us a little bit about the ministry in case someone is new, how they can get a hold of the ministry and maybe some events that are coming up?
1: Sure. Again, we welcome you to The Truth Will Set You Free. It's the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Uh, We are a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And of course, we do that in a number of different ways. Most people recognize Lamb and Lion Ministries through our television program, which is called Christ in Prophecy, and it airs on all the major Christian networks. And we're now in our 20th season. Uh, As the internet evangelist, I do most of my outreach through the internet, and you can find us on christinprophecy.org. There we have quite a number of resources, that you can: free videos and uh, newsletters and uh, articles and social media, all sorts of things to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, and also information about our annual Bible Prophecy Conference, which is held here in the Dallas, Texas area. It's uh, all about the rapture, We're going to have Jeff Kinley and Todd Hampson, the Prophecy Pros, as two of our featured speakers, along with myself and Tim Moore, uh, David Reagan, uh, Vic Batista, Patrick Oliver, and two others. And we just hope uh, uh, you join us here at registration on our our website at ChristinProphecy.org. And uh, sign up and come. We're going to have a good time and study God's Word together at a conference. And that'll be July 23rd.
0: Thank you, Nathan. And you mentioned that we're going to have a good time. It will be such a blessing to come together to encourage people and be able to see each other face to face. Right, Nate?
1: Oh, absolutely. And conferences online are, are nice, but uh, nothing ever beats just doing it in person. Right
0: yes and yes so we're so thankful that things are opening up i know people have been wanting to get together face to face for quite a while and we're thankful to the lord that that uh can can happen now uh this upcoming year through lamb and lion here in the conferences so we're we're, we're so excited uh for that uh, and nathan and also you and i get the opportunity from time to time to also share uh different places i was invited to a spanish-speaking church in the florida area uh, to share a conference in the next few months and and you also, not too long ago, also got to share in, in, uh, in a few places this year. Yeah, if your
1: pastor is looking for a speaker on Bible prophecy, uh, we have our evangelism team is willing to travel all over and share the gospel and uh, the good news of Jesus' soon return. Uh, we do that at a, quite a number of different conferences. Uh, yeah, I was at the Prophecy Watchers Conference in Colorado last month, and I'll be uh, up in. Uh, we'll have a regional conference in Pennsylvania in October. If, uh, for those of you who want to travel to Pennsylvania, all the all the leaves will be changed. It'll be quite beautiful, and we'll hold a conference there about the uh, end time sign of world politics. That should be very interesting. And uh, speaking of other places, I have two churches in Washington State, and uh, Tim uh, in Missouri and Idaho. And you know, it's nice that now that COVID is pretty much past um, in the way of lockdowns, that is, churches are more open to have people come and speak and so uh, we're starting to get a lot more speaking engagements again so if you'd like us to come to your church ask your pastor and and we'd be le- happy to work out something and uh, share bible prophecy with your church
0: nathan and you know what i love about what we do with our ministry is uh, that we don't we don't we don't charge any fees if you will we, we go as the lord leads. And if people want to support us, fantastic. But that's another thing, too. We believe that the gospel uh, should be about the Lord and not so much, you know, people not being able to invite us because of finances. So we also want to reach out and, and share with any church or or ministry. Hey, if that's the case. You know, let us just come out and bless you. And uh, we just love to do it uh, from the heart. And, and that's that's just a blessing that we get to do. Right, Nate? Right. Because
1: we're on salary here at the ministry. So all we ask is you to cover traveling expenses and lodging and um, just take a love offering for the ministry. And that's all we ask.
0: Absolutely. So, again, we just want to encourage you and uh, thank you, Nathan, for sharing that information. Uh, Again, we we live in in the in the last of the last days. We see it. Uh, Nathan, the news each week is such a challenge to listen to and watch. more shootings on the rise, Uh, uh, the gas prices are just ridiculously high, the economy uh, is really in shambles, but you and I recognize that the Bible talks about all this, and and our hope is in the Lord, but we see so many signs of the times uh, again uh, right before us.
1: Yeah, and Jesus said these signs would increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to his return. Uh, I think a big one just this week is earthquakes. there was an earthquake uh, in afghanistan killed over a thousand people can you imagine one earthquake over a thousand people and so wow. we're seeing these increase in frequency And matter of fact that's kind of the subject of what we'll be covering uh at least in the morning sessions vic and i and a few of the other speakers will be covering at our conference about the end time signs uh, i'll be covering weather for instance and how much uh weather is getting worse and worse not because of man-made climate change or anything like that god's in control of the weather but he said that he would cause all sorts of weather cataclysms and earthquakes and all, and they would increase more and more over the years as we got closer to his return. And and that's well documented right now.
0: Nathan, and someone was sharing me, I have not been able to uh, verify yet or look into it, there was actually an earthquake in, in Georgia. And I think it's like one of the first times, and uh, this individual was telling me that it really scared a lot of the people where he actually had a family member call him Uh, uh, to wanting to know more about, uh, uh, you know, going to church and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we know that the Bible says that there's going to be earthquakes in in various places, places where they did not happen before.
1: Yeah, and signs of the times are the Lord's way of warning people and shaking them out of their um, stupor, so to speak, and and getting them on their knees and turning to Jesus Christ. Uh, That's how it should be. And that's when all these terrible things happen, we should be turning to Jesus for our comfort and our security. And to put our trust in him and not the things of this world. And, and so that's what the Lord, the Lord is calling as many people as he can, as quickly as he can to repent and return to him before the rapture of the church and then the following the tribulation.
0: You know, that's a very good point. And you and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel and looking at all the prophecies there and the message that God was sending uh, to his people, the people of Israel. And also, uh, again, the importance of us living pure, living right in the last days and uh, also the consequences when we disobey uh, what God has instructed us to do. And, and, and in Ezekiel, we find, as you and I was going through Ezekiel, uh, all the challenges that the people had to face because they have fallen into idolatry, they're going into captivity, and, and we find those patterns in our country, even modern day today in the United States of America, that turning away from God and turning to idols, and, and it's really a sad thing that we're experiencing and seeing
1: yeah, you know, we used to think of idol worship as something ancient, you know, those old ancient people, that's what they used to do, idol worship, that's silly, but idol worship is anything that we put in front of God, and so it doesn't have to be a statue, it can be a car, or a job, or a hobby, or anything, really, technology, And but we're we're seeing that more and more, because when you set up an idol in your life, what you're really saying is, well, I'm the one being worshipped, I can do what I want, I make up the rules, And so we're going to see idol worship continue to increase because people want to really worship themselves. And the idol is just a small way of uh, giving them that freedom. we live in a time of postmodernism where we're after true logic and self, uh, uh, truth, excuse me, if I should say, and without truth, then we are just stumble about and make things up as we go. (laughs) Brother, we're seeing that in the world today, aren't we?
0: Oh, that is absolutely Nathan. And I think there's lessons for us to learn from the prophecies in the Old Testament and also from those that went before us. And as as we look at that today, we want to encourage anyone that's part of our program, if they will turn with us uh, there to the book of Ezekiel, chapter eight, as we open up there by reading verses uh one through six and make some references to other passages of the bible such as the book of daniel and the book of revelation so nathan we've been having a wonderful time uh making our way through ezekiel but would you be able to take us there nathan to ezekiel chapter eight and if you will read verses one through three that would be fantastic and i'll read verses four through six in case someone doesn't have a bible
1: okay let's do it ezekiel chapter eight and i'll start with verse one And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, and on the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house with the elders of Judah sitting before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell upon me there. Then I looked, and there was a lightness like the appearance of fire, from the appearance of his waist and downward fire, from his waist and upward like the appearance of brightness, like the color of amber. He stretched out the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my hair, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven. And brought me in visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the north gate of the inner court, where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy.
0: And then verse four, we read, and behold, the glory of God of Israel was there like the vision that I saw in the plain. Then he said to me, son of man, lift up your eyes now towards the north. So I lifted up my eyes towards the north and there north of the altar gate was the image of jealousy in the entrance. Furthermore, he said to me, son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abomination that the house of Israel commits here to make me go far away from my sanctuary. Now turn again and you will see greater abominations. Nathan, this is an amazing uh, vision. And you and I joked around a little bit because here it says that he was taken by the locks of his hair. Uh, Ezekiel was taken to another location. And and you and I oftentimes reference some of the old movies such as the um, It's a Wonderful Life and Scrooge. Right, Nathan, as they were carried off and shown things in the future.
1: Yeah, at least those ghosts of Christmas past would not grab the robe. What we're seeing here is described as an angel, although it's similar in Revelation to a description of Jesus Christ as true form. And uh, he grabbed him by his hair. I wonder how that works.
0: And Nathan, it's really uh, interesting when you look at uh, the imagery here and and the way that this is portrayed, but really what it is, is that we have these uh, mighty angels, these angelic beings, uh, messengers of God. Uh, God sends them to these prophets to show them events that are to take place in the future. And some of them are taken there almost like in a literal sense, uh, also visions. And uh, sometimes they are asleep, these prophets, sometimes they are awake. But you and I wrote the book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation, and we talked a little bit about these visions and how they came about and these mighty messengers. And Nathan, it really does remind me here in Ezekiel, what we read in Revelation chapter 1 and how John also saw these amazing revelations uh, by God's mighty messengers.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, For those who don't know, uh, Vic and I wrote a book called The Mighty Angels of Revelation. It takes you through the 70 angels or classes of angels found in the book of Revelation. So, you learn about the doctrine of angelology, but you also learn the book of Revelation. So, and it's been a really popular book. We praise the Lord for it. So, it's really neat to to, to go outside of Revelation and see other references to angels throughout the Bible, and uh, we got uh, Revelation 1-1 here. It's uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place, and he sent and signed, signified it by his angel to his servant John, and uh, for the book, since the Bible doesn't name this angel, we, we call him the revealing angel, but it means he reveals God's will to John as John records all he sees, and Writes down what the future holds, and that's kind of what we're reading about in Ezekiel here. Now, it could be that Ezekiel was looking forward to the Second Temple, and maybe he was seeing Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a uh, Greek Seleucid ruler around—I'd uh, have to look that up exactly for the correct date. I think it's like the 180s, and he uh, went in and uh, desecrated the Second Temple. He he uh, sacrificed a pig, which is an unclean animal, on the altar. And then he set up a giant statue of Zeus to be worshipped. And uh, so he totally desecrated the temple. And that's where you get the Maccabees and the Maccabean revolt and the the Maccabees overthrowing and capturing the getting the temple back. But Ezekiel could also be seeing here since what um, uh, what Antiochus did is actually a precursor to what the Antichrist, a future one world ruler, will do when he takes over the temple. And so that means a third temple because there's no second temple right now. So we know at some point the Jews will rebuild the temple. There'll be a third temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and they're going to build a temple. And the Antichrist will come in and he will desecrate it. Uh, Probably the same thing, sacrificing a pig on the altar. Uh, But his false prophet will set up an image inside the temple for the people of the world to worship. So all over again, just what Antiochus has, has done that's what the Antichrist will do. So I'm not sure which Ezekiel's seeing here. Maybe he's seeing both, or maybe he's seeing through the Antiochus event to the Antichrist event, but he's definitely seeing a future of what's happening.
0: Nathan, excellent point. And and one other thing is just we just see the similarities uh, in in terms of when these uh, messengers show up, uh, the effects that it has on the prophets, the effects that it has on the individual and also the description when they show up of how they describe them. And, And again, here in Ezekiel. Uh, chapter Eight, uh, we see so much reference and and also imagery uh, that that is so similar to what John saw, because here in Ezekiel uh, eight one, it speaks about the hand of the Lord being upon me there, and then he in verse two, he describes the what he saw. He says, "Then I looked, and there was a likeness of the the appearance of fire from the appearance of his waist and downward. So he's speaking now of what he saw. This, this, this uh, messenger. And and in Revelation chapter one, uh, Nathan, verses twelve through sixteen, it's very similar to the appearance of John saw of of that Jesus uh, glorified in his strength. Would you be able to read for us, Nathan, there? Revelation twelve verses one through sixteen. In case someone doesn't have a Bible, certainly.
1: And I want to correct something I said earlier. Antiochus profaned the temple. The date was actually December sixteenth of one fifty six BC. I I don't know why I thought it was the 180s, but just to be correct here, it's one fifty six BC. And that's okay. Uh, You want Revelation chapter one verses twelve
0: through Uh, twelve through sixteen, Nathan. Again, just in case people are not familiar with uh, with that vision there, so they can see that comparison.
1: Okay. Well, then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one, like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And who, Vic, is that a description of?
0: Nathan, of course, that's the glorified uh, appearance there of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, oftentimes people remember the Lord as lowly and meek riding on a donkey, but yet the Bible here is giving us a total different description of Jesus when he's resurrected in his glorified body. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, at Christmas time, what do people think of Jesus? They think of this tiny baby in a manger. And then we think of him as this brutalized, beaten man starving on the cross. Uh, But here in Revelation 1, we see Jesus Christ glorified, you know, what his true form is. Now he's still, you know, both man and divine at the same time. So he's in the shape of a man. He's got hair, but it's white, Uh, but he glows with the energy. And I'm sure this is what the apostles saw at the transfiguration is, is Jesus' true form. It's it's, it's not like looking at the face of God, per se. We're made in the image of God emotionally, but God himself is totally different. But God incarnate through Jesus Christ has human-looking features, and we see here a human-like entity, but totally divine. And it's none other than Jesus Christ. It's, it's a truly breathtaking description of him.
0: And Nathan, and what's amazing is if we look at the Old Testament and also certain parts of the New Testament, when we see the appearance of these amazing angelic beings and also the visions that these prophets have, it really is a stunning thing. So much so that oftentimes the Bible tells us that they are falling flat on their faces, uh, just humbled Uh, from the vision uh, that they're seeing. And and we we see this amazing description of the Lord. We also see similar descriptions of these angelic beings. And it also reminds me, Nathan, of what happened to Daniel. Daniel, in Daniel chapter eight there, uh, we notice that Prior to that, God has shown Daniel these amazing visions of the future, uh, the, the the empires that will be rising and falling, the kingdoms that will be rising and falling, and the expectations of what those were. And oftentimes, Daniel likewise would not really understand what these were and we see these mighty angels appearing to them and and again showing them what it is in store for them uh in the future but we also see their reaction when they see these individuals and that's the case in daniel chapter 8, where he's showing a picture of the future uh, and is uh, likened unto a ram uh, or a male goat and of course he's talking about the different kingdoms that will rise and fall And Daniel doesn't understand what this is. And then we find in Daniel chapter 8, verses 15 through 17, a similar situation here where Daniel is then being shown the future. Uh, So, Nate, we would be able to go there to Daniel chapter 8. And again, uh, if you can read for us verses 15 through 17, although you and I have gone through pretty much the whole book of Daniel already.
1: Yeah, you know, I always thought a good sequel to our Mighty Angels of Revelation would be a book called The Mighty Angel of Daniel. Of course, there's only one. Well, there are a few references, but there's one main reference, and that's Gabriel. But, uh, yeah, someday we're going to have to make a second book, The Mighty Angel of Daniel or something. <laughs> so that would be great. Yeah. What it, as a, then it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one, having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the lie who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood and where he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end.
0: Mm. Nathan, that is just fascinating because as we see uh, Daniel, we see Ezekiel, we see the places where where they're getting these visions and they're not too far away. The time frame and the places as well.
1: No, no. a, A lot of these prophecies are pointing to. Uh, the return of Jesus Christ to set up His Davidic kingdom on this earth, and so we're getting closer to that now. These prophecies were given to men who lived 2,600 years ago. I mean, that's a staggering thought. Here, of course, John about 1,900 plus years ago, but uh, you know, for God, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. Uh, not is a thousand, but like a thousand. And so, it might seem like 2,000 years or 3,000 years for us since these prophecies were given, but for God, it's just been two to three days, you know, it's, it's, it's no big deal for him. But for us, it seems like, man, these things never seem to come. But brother, we're living in the time where Jesus gave us all these signs, he said, that would point to his soon return. And we're living through them. We're watching them happening on a global scale. So uh, Israel is a nation, again, that's the super sign that like, Israel owns the land again, because you can't have these prophecies happen. Unless Israel is actually back in control of the land in Jerusalem and rebuilds their temple one day. So, brother, we are getting very, very close to the end of this age, this church age, or the time of the Gentiles, as Daniel calls it, and the beginning of the Messianic age where Jesus Christ rules and reigns on this earth from Jerusalem.
0: Nathan, that's a very good point, and that's why during this program, we want to encourage any of you that are are listening or part of this program, either now or in the future, uh, this is an opportunity for you to consider much of what's going on around the world when we see that what happened to the people of Israel is sending out messages also to us during our time. And and this is why I believe that God is sending uh, the message of repentance, that we need to Turn back to him and walk with him and and make sure that we know him personally, because you just never know these days uh, what's going to happen. Nathan, right now, people are really uh, in a panic over the future of America, over the future of the world because of the wars that are going on. Russia, Ukraine, the possibility of using nuclear weapons. Uh, But this is also a reality. We know that the Bible talks about the end time wars that will occur. We don't know exactly when, but we know that all that is coming into flourishing. All these pieces are lining up. Right. And the Bible
1: doesn't promise that all the nations will make it through the tribulation into the millennial kingdom. We know that all the nations but Israel join the Antichrist empire. And so one day, America's military will join the military of the world and try to destroy Israel. And there's a thought. And we know uh, from the verses that talk about the millennial kingdom, you know that Israel will exist in the Millennial Kingdom, Russia, Egypt, and a land called Assyria, whether it is actually Assyria or it just means Iraq or, or the country of Syria. But these are the only four nations we know that will exist during that time period. Now, it mentions other nations because the people will stream to Jerusalem to hear Jesus speak in person and stream from all the nations of the world. But brother, by the time the tribulation is over, the world Geography will be so destroyed and changed and then reformatted by Jesus, the geopolitical face. of We're still, the Bible prophesies there's going to be a time where the entire world will come under 10 governmental authorities or 10 regional kings. And so at some point, America is going to, and it's interesting, since the 50s, the UN has had this mapped out, 10 regions that the United States might fold into the North American Union. And then out of those ten kings, one will arise and conquer three and set himself up as the ruler of the world. So that hasn't even happened yet. But the world is screaming globalism and socialism. That's what the secular world wants. And when the church is taken out of here, that's what the secular world is going to get.
0: That's exactly right, Nathan. And then when we look at history and we see why nations fall and why God comes against them, we we see, Nathan, that thread women through uh, all the time. Nations begin to turn their back on God. They begin to turn into idolatry. They begin to depend on themselves rather than God, on their strength, on their might. And God oftentimes allows other nations to come uh, to discipline and to correct and to cause individuals nations and kings uh, to repent and, and we find that's exactly what's happening in ezekiel chapter eight uh you and i talked about in the previous chapters chapter six and chapter seven what was happening to the people of israel jerusalem and judah and and, and the lesson there was that they began to turn their backs on god uh they began to turn to idolatry and they thought that god would sort of just turn a blind eye to it like most people in america and that he's not going to take action. But we're finding that that's not so, that God is a just God, and he will punish sin. Yes,
1: uh, our founder, uh, Di- Dr. David Reagan, used to say this all the time. He- he'd say, Americans think that God sits on his throne draped in an American flag, you know? <laughs> and that God will never do anything to America because we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Well, brother, we've ejected Judeo-Christian principles. We are living in a post-Christian nation. There is... Other than the church being here, Christians being here, in other words, there's no holds barred to what God can do to this nation now. So uh, I, I really don't see you look in prophecy. America, being a superpower, has no major role that's, that's prophesied. It could be one of the young lions of the Gog-Magog war who sit out and watch Israel be attacked by Russia and the Islamic nations. Uh, you know, we just can't guarantee that the United States will be here. As Christians, were actually citizens of the millennial kingdom. We might live in a certain country during this time period, but our true home, our true nation, is the Millennial Kingdom, and that's who we're truly citizens of.
0: Mm, I love that. What a wonderful, wonderful reminder that is, Nathan. Uh, I you know, Nathan. As we as we uh, only have a few minutes left of the program, but as we look at Ezekiel chapter eight, we see how far away God's people had drifted. How much they had, in a sense, a uh, uh, pointed their fingers uh, in God's face because we see their rejection and just uh, the abominable things that that God's people were falling into there in Ezekiel chapter eight, verse six, it says, furthermore, he said to me, son of man, do you see what they're doing? The great abominations of the house of Israel commits here to make me to go far away from my sanctuary. Now turn again and you will see greater abominations. Uh, and Nathan, we've seen throughout history the abominable things that uh, God's people have done. And we see the cost of them going into captivity, the cost of them, uh, 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 other other nations in a sense, uh, taking them over and it's for the abominable acts. You know, Nathan, sometimes we, forget what happened in the Old Testament with the flood of Noah, why the flood came, why judgment came on Sodom and Gomorrah. And and if we we see ourselves repeating the same thing also as a nation, as also here, the children of Israel. Yeah, the Lord is
1: warning us again and again through the signs of weather, uh, economic disaster, social change, uh, various other signs. He's saying, wake up. You need to repent. You need to return to me and ask for national forgiveness, and I will bless you again. But America just seems hell-bent on, I mean, this is gay pride month. I mean, God abhors the sin of pride as well as the sin of, of sexual immorality. And we're doing both, and we're proud of it, and we're dressing children in it, which is yet another sin, uh, bringing a child down. Right, how long can the Lord allow this, this week or next? We might hear from the Supreme Court about whether Roe versus Wade is turned down. And already Homeland Security is... Is preparing for wave after wave of pro-choice people to burn down buildings and loot and riot. I mean, we're living in a time of lawlessness. The only answer to this social upheaval is Jesus Christ, and but you know mm. these people are all bent against him. So how do we change that? And that's what judgments for.
0: Nathan, and all I can all that pops up at me there is verse six in Ezekiel: a great abomination. I mean, really, that's what that's what we are. As a world, as a nation, not small abomination, but great. I I mean, everything is like being flaunted in God's face uh, on television, on media. And we think that uh, nothing is going to happen. But for that great abomination is why the judgment came in the Old Testament and throughout the Bible. And we just need to be mindful that we really are. We have reached that point, I think, almost of no return because of the great abominable acts that we are uh, dabbling into. I mean, you think of uh, abortion, millions of children, Nathan, innocent children uh, uh, being given to the idolatry, to the sacrifice, if you will, uh, of money today. And in the Old Testament they used to burn children at the hands of these idols of bowels and people say, well, that was back then. we don't do that now, but we're basically doing it now in in, in just a different fashion.
1: Oh, yeah, you think about all the child sex slavery going on. Uh, the police have been breaking up rings all over the place. So what kind of society uh, victimizes our children? So, yeah, you and I could go on and on about the abominations, but we are living in this time period of abominations. And and then you read about the tribulation, and, and believe it or not, it's going to get even worse, which is hard to believe, but it it will. So now's the time to turn to Jesus Christ, to repent of your sins, to— Ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then turn to him and repentance. Ask him for forgiveness of your sins and ask him to be your Savior, and he will. You could pray something from your heart like, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you. Please forgive me of it. Uh, Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus will accept you. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you of your sin and wash the guilt away, and you'll inherit eternal life with him.
0: Praise the Lord. And if you pray that prayer for the first time and anything, and I would love to hear from you, give us a call, text us, reach out to us if you're on WhatsApp at 305-992-9537. And we would love to pray for you, give you a Bible and help you grow in your relationship with the Lord, because that's what we're here to share with you is good news in the midst of challenges, in the midst of of, of a disaster. God is right there. And that's why we, we want to share with you that there is hope. There is still hope. And that hope is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you've turned to him, Nathan and I rejoice for you and say congratulations for starting that wonderful relationship. So, Nathan, you and I always close with hope because at the end of the day for the believer, hey, what awaits us is heaven. And that's good news.
1: That is good news. Uh, There is always good news for the believer in Jesus Christ. For those who are not, the wrath of God abides on them. But once you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, his wrath is was placed on the cross and a son instead of us, and we can stand before God holy and pure one day because of the work of Jesus Christ in our lives, his shed blood on the cross. I pray that you have accepted that today.
0: And we say hallelujah for that, Nathan. Thank you so much. And again, for those of you that are part of this program, please reach out to us if you're in need of prayer. We would love to pray with you. We ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we want to encourage you for homework. Continue to make your way through the book of Ezekiel as Nathan and I continue to unravel these amazing prophecies during the next week. So, Nathan, thank you so much for being part of the program. What a joy it is to be back with you.
1: Amen, brother. God bless you all.
0: Thank you. And the rest of you, God bless you. We hope you have a fantastic week. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He is coming back very soon. And go out and share the good news with someone today that Christ loves them. Have a great week.